Ugh, what fresh hell is this? Mommy! Where are my damn glasses? Alicia, it's your mother. When you get a chance, give me a call, please. Thank you. Has anybody seen my phone? Mom! Where are my damn glasses? Mama! Alicia, I just hung up with producers. They loved your read. They said you owned the room. Great job, sweetheart. But they're going in another direction. Which direction? Away from you. Mom, never mind. Oh, great. Found my glasses. Hello, I'm Alicia Coppola. I'm an actress an author of Gracefully Gone on Amazon, hard copy and Kindle, shameless plug. Wife, mother of three kids, chef, laundress, maid, vacuumer of copious amounts of dog hair. But who I really am is a bootstrap bitch. I have pulled myself up by my bootstraps more times than I can count. Like most of my guests that you'll hear from on this podcast, I haven't always had it easy. Everyone has a story. Some of my guests are famous. Some are just famous in their own homes. Some are getting through or have gotten through major life ordeals, and others are just trying to make it through Monday. All of their transformational journeys are inspiring, aspiring, and courageous. We who pull ourselves up by our bootstraps don't bitch. We do. Welcome to Bootstrap Bitch. I'm very excited today to introduce Carmendy. I mean, Carmendy, you have been a household name for 30 years? Yeah, just about. (laughs) And I think you've covered a lot of ground in your career. Yes, I have, Mama. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a Cali girl? I'm originally a Cali girl, yes. I'm one of the few that left and decided to go see the world and then wind up an East Coast girl at heart. Who knew? But that, that was the trajectory, and, and I still love Callie with all my heart and soul. But yeah, I had, I had to go forth. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So we're, we're the same coin, but only the flip. I'm a Long yeah. Island girl, and yes. you can hear it sometimes. You can take the girl out of Long Island, but not the Long yeah. Island out of the girl. Um, <laughs> then you went to Florida. Then you, you ultimately settled in New York. But yep. how did makeup? And for those of you who don't know Carmendy, in which case you're living under a rock, Carmendy is a very well-known, respected, established makeup artist who worked with the likes of Elle, Cosmo, Marine Claire, Glamour, just to name a few. She has four best-selling books. She is the founder of Carmendy Vision, The Five Tools. You were the star of What Not to Wear that ran from January of 2003 until March of 2013. That's right. 10 years, a decade. (laughs) I'm so interested in how you went from being a local makeup artist in California to being globally known on what not to wear and very interested in those years in between then and your new Carmendy five minute makeup, which I cannot wait to get into. So go, go with your bad self. Tell me your story. This is an interesting tale because when I started, I started as a teenager and, you know, makeup artist, as we know it today, didn't exist really. I grew up in Southern California in Huntington Beach, California. I was overweight. I had braces. My mom permed my hair. I was bullied and teased relentlessly. 
but my mother was an artist and I came from a really great family and we didn't have a lot of money, but they just wanted me to really dive deeper into art. And so they really supported that. And so one day I met somebody who said, oh yeah, my dad's a makeup artist in Hollywood. And I'm like, what a makeup artist? What is that? And I loved art so much and I wanted to empower myself because I was feeling so insecure that I I said, can I talk to this man and and ask him questions? He said, come on over. So I talked to my friend's dad and he goes, listen, there are these agencies in LA that you can go, but you have to apprentice. You're not going to get paid. You're going to get kicked around. You're going to get coffee. You're going to probably pick up dry cleaning, but just go. And at least you'll be on set and you'll see what it's all about. And you'll see if you like it. So I did that. The minute I got a driver's license, I drove up there and said, I'll work for free. And that's how I began this whole wild career. And in doing that, I realized that the more I played with makeup as an art form, I became empowered. I started feeling good about myself. And then I was able to do that for other people. So I'm like, wow, this is my jam. I love this. And then one day as an assistant, the makeup artist got sick. She had the flu. And so they hired me to go out and do a swimwear catalog in the middle of the desert with a bunch of people from Miami. And in the 90s, you got to remember, South Beach was like the epicenter. That's where like Cindy Crawford House of Style, like that was going on. And they said, we love your work. We love your personality. Why don't you fly to Miami? We'll put you up. We'll do another catalog together. And so that's what I did. I never came back. And I, I found my tribe. It was this time and place were all these misfits like myself who had insecurities that were trying to overcome it with art found each other. And I lived there for about two years. And then New York was my next stop. And I I worked in the fashion industry for years for all the magazines. And then all of a sudden, one day, one of my colleagues, Stacey London, called me and was like, there's this weird show going on. It's a reality show. I don't know if you want to do it. I just got casted. They're looking for a makeup artist. Would you be into it? I was like, yeah, I'll go check it out. So I walked in and the the producer, she dumped out her makeup bag and she goes, go. I said, well, this is what you need to get rid of. This is what's amazing. This is how you can better yourself. And she goes, you're hired. I go, well, hired for what? And she goes, it's this reality show, what not to wear. You're just going to be making over people in that way that you just did for me. And that's how it all began. It was so wild. But it it was a labor of true love and passion. And that's how I got there. What I think everybody loved about what not to wear was not, I mean, of course, we all love the fashion. We all love the the makeovers. But I think what people really, really related to was the transformative journey of everybody who was on the show. Yes, absolutely. And me being bullied, me being insecure, helped me relate to every single woman that I touched because I knew how she felt. I had been there. I had overcome it and I had learned tools along the way. That's why I started writing books and I started getting the message out because I wish I had that book when I was young. I wish I understood that there were actually certain rules you could follow to empower yourself. So this gave me a wonderful platform to be able to take the expertise that I had as a makeup artist, but yet the understanding psychologically of what happens to us when we're young. It's it's incredible because I have worked with some of the most 
empowered, beautiful women that have insecurities stemming from childhood because they never learned how to get over that. And so this was an opportunity for me to be able to really go out there, even though it was like three minutes and an hour long show, it was that three minute mark that I was able to transform people from the inside out. Well, that three minutes is the most transformative. When you feel good about yourself yep. and you feel good about, you know, from the neck up, when you feel good about that, it's just like having a bad hair day. If you have a bad hair day, like your whole day is shot. That's right. You know what I mean? It's like, you might as well just stay in bed. Just call it a day. I was bullied horribly as a child. You were too. Yeah, I was bullied horribly. I was called names. I was shoved into lockers. Girl. I had all beat me up in sixth grade. I actually hit her with my flute case. I love that you played the flute, first of all. I played the flute and I hit her. I love that you beat her with a flute case. And I beat her little ass with my flute case. Atta girl. Um, it got so bad that I actually was sent to boarding school. I got it. Yeah. And there was where I kind of found my tribe because boarding school, by virtue of what it is, is kind of the land of misfit toys. It's either that yes. or you're a brilliant athlete. Right. You know? Right. And interestingly enough, my godmother's daughter, her name is Nadia. So this is a shout out to Nadia, who now lives in Florida. She had in Huntington a small makeup store called Performance Cosmetics. And my mom would drive me down there every Saturday or every other Saturday. And I would be allowed to buy a mascara or a blush or a lip gloss yeah. because it made me feel better about myself. It just yeah. made me feel good to have these little pots and tubes of magical potions it's ritual, honey. It's ritual. It is. It is ritual. And I learned it's that ritual. there in this little tiny cosmetic store. Mm-hmm. And when I went to boarding school, I can say I was pretty much the only girl who wore makeup until they kind of beat it out of me too. And then I didn't until, you know, much later. Mm-hmm. But I can understand the transformative qualities of just opening up a compact. That's right. Yep. You know, what, what I find so interesting these days, and, and I'm saying that because I'm about to turn 50, I have a huge milestone coming. Really, I'm more excited about this birthday than any birthday I've ever had. But what I want to talk about is ritual. So when a child is insecure and they have no outlet, right, ritual is important because it doesn't matter what religion you are. It, it doesn't matter if you're non-religious. A ritual is intention, right? And when you are pampering yourself as a female, believe it or not, it releases endorphins in your brain. And all of a sudden you feel good about yourself. And so I love research. I'm kind of a science dork. And like, I like to read the reasons why we do certain things. When I was researching for my first book, I read scientific case studies about beauty. And it went back thousands of years, ancient Mesopotamians, the Egyptians, But the thing is, is that when used ritual of self-beautification for empowerment, they did it for fertility rites. They did it for celebration. They did it to conjure up wonderful things. This day and age, because of what's happening with social media and everything else, we're using makeup almost as a tool of insecurity. So it's like, oh, how can I transform my face with contour to look like something I'm not? Back then, they would enhance features to celebrate who they were. So I have always been on this kind of trajectory to 
bring that back to women. And that's what, what not to wear allowed me to do. I, cause I see beauty in everyone, not conventional beauty. I see beauty period. There is beauty in everyone. There is beauty in every single person that's out there. We need to look at that and then use makeup as a tool of celebrating that beauty, making that exciting, showcasing that feature that you love about yourself. But today we've kind of skewed to this place where everybody has to look like this social norm. We'll go back thousands of years. Just do a little research for a minute. Social norms change every decade. So there is no set standard of beauty. So you have to create that beauty for yourself and then use makeup as a tool to empower that. And that's what I loved about your Carmen D vision, the five tools. Your five tools are one, mirror mantras. Can you talk about mirror mantras? I I don't care if you believe in prayer, meditation, all of that is intention. So when you look in the mirror and you say positive things to yourself, it's going to change the narrative because we have a broken record in our head. I did. I grew up with weight issues. I grew up with, you know, a hairdresser telling me at one point my forehead was so big, I should wear bangs for the rest of my life, which most of my life I wore bangs because I believed it. But when you look in the mirror and you start telling yourself a different story, it changes the way you think because it's all perspective. It's all perspective. It's like going into a museum and looking at a painting. Many people will have many different ways of looking at it. So mere mantras is looking at yourself like a beautiful painting and changing the narrative. It's very important to do every single day. And you don't have to do it for long. You can do it for two seconds because I work with so many women that look in the mirror and they're like, oh, I'm getting old. Well, we all are, hopefully, if we're lucky, because the alternative is not having that opportunity. So instead of looking at that, you look at something that's beautiful about yourself. So mirror mantras is incredibly important to me. So yeah, that's, that's how I started with that. Then I love forgive, which is the second tool. Yeah. Oh, this is a big one. I had to do this. And, you know, every once in a while, I still remember that guy in high school. I was like, oh, she's hot, but she's got such a fat ass. I, I remember that for years. I was always covering my butt. I was always getting long t-shirts and not wearing the bikini without a sarong on the beach because of a guy in high school. When I was on What Not to Wear, I would do that deep dive into each woman and all of them had that same issue. They heard it from someone. It was a mom or an aunt or a boyfriend or a friend. And I'm like, we got to let that go because that is just meaningless and it doesn't serve us at all. So you got to let go of all of that. Okay. Number three, feature focus. Yeah. That's where we go to like what we love about ourselves. And I can't tell you how many times I've been in a room with beautiful people and live in New York city over the years. And you're with all these stellar people. And all of a sudden, you know, who's getting the most attention, the woman who walks in the room who might be 75, who's wearing a signature lipstick, who's got gray hair and she's owning it and living it and being it. And that's the one woman that I want to talk to. So it's truly about how you feel about yourself. doesn't matter what you look like. It is how you feel because that projects like lightning from your soul. And that is what people pay attention to. I've done makeup on the most beautiful women in the world. How many times have I been impressed by who they are? Probably just a handful. Mm -hmm. Those people were special because they understood that it's not just this. So when you focus on a feature you love, 
And it all starts with your soul, and your personality. Then look at what it is. Is it an iris? Is it an eyebrow? Is it a cheekbone? Is it your lips? Is it your hair? Is it your boobs? Is it your shoulder blade? And then put a little bedazzle on that with makeup. Use that tool of empowerment, that self-beautification, and wow, you're taking it to the next level. I think that's really important. And I think I've been following Paulina Portscova on Instagram. Uh-huh. And I watched her last night. I'm halfway through the, uh, the Banfield special that they did together. And, and it was so interesting to hear Paulina, who is, I think we can all say, empirically beautiful. and has had, Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And has had her self-worth and self-value be tied up in this beauty. Mm-hmm. This, this yeah. was literally her bread and butter. And to hear yeah. her talk and to read her posts about turning 56, to say... Yes, I'm in my 50s and I'm still beautiful. Am I the Paul yeah. Portscova from 1986? No. Are any no. of us? And no. I, I think the patina is beautiful. Yes. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I'm really good friends with Carol Alt, who's 60. And, and, and she's gorgeous. And she's just free and does what she wants and doesn't care. And there's a freedom that comes with aging. And... Men have lived it for years and they don't care. And now it's our turn to understand that we don't need to care either. We're not trying to compete. We're not trying to stay young forever. We can just be in our zone. I love a woman with wrinkles. One of my favorite countries that I travel to is Australia because the women there are outdoorsy. They have wrinkles. They're fun. I wish I could just take that and bring it back to the U.S. because so many of us are so obsessed with what's the next thing we can do to fix ourselves. Paulina spoke about that too on the show when she used to be an advocate for like no Botox, no fillers, no this. And now she's going, you know what, who am I? Who am I to say, you know, we all have our journeys. And I think we as women have to lift each other up. Yes, without judgment. And that's the thing is without judgment, you have to remember, walk in their shoes for a minute, look at them in a compassionate way, stop judging, do what makes you happy, but also respect the person across the room that's going to do what makes them happy. As long as it's not harmful, as long as it's not dangerous, who cares? I know that in Hollywood, you know, and I was talking to your dear friend, Jennifer Esposito, you know, at like 45, we should probably be taken behind the barn and shot. I, I can't. Right? I can't because this is when we get really good. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw it. Something's got to give with Diane Keaton and Jack. Yeah, of course. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And when they're yeah. outside and he's breaking up with her and she goes, this is heartache. I think this is heartache. And she says, yeah. now that I know what this is, what am I supposed to do with all of this? Yeah. And I think that yeah. that's what happens when women turn a certain age, we become these full beautifully charged, powerful vessels of life. And at that moment, it's like we become invisible. Invisible though to who? Because I've heard this before. So Valerie Monroe is one of my favorite humans in the world. She was Oprah's beauty editor for years. And I remember many years ago, I think I was probably 39 at the time. I was a kitten. I did a speaking engagement with her and we were talking about women and aging. And she said, at what point did I feel invisible? Which that means to men, Mm -hmm. who cares? Who cares? And I listened to that and I was like, oh, wow, you're right. And then I got to this age where I'm like, I don't give a 
crap about if men pay attention to me or not. I want my friends, my life, my adventures, my travel, my business, my niece and nephew, my family. I don't care. And the right guy, if he wants to pay attention, awesome. If not, who cares? Because the only way that you're going to feel invisible if you pay attention to not getting noticed when you walk into a room. But you shouldn't be noticing that anyway at this point. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I always feel before I walk into a room, my, my very presence is felt. Alicia is coming in the room now. You, you will know that and you will respect that. It, it radiates from me, honey. I mean, right now you've got shoes behind you in a closet and you're a gorgeous beam of light. And I'm looking at you going, I see you completely. So if that, you're not invisible, nobody's invisible after an age. There's so many women that we can look at and be like, here's a perfect example, Jane Fonda. Is she invisible? No, no. not a shot. One, one of the things that is so awesome about being in your fifties is the fuck it factor. And it's so great. It's, it's so it's really fun because if you want to be invisible, you put on your hoodie, you don't care, you don't make you know, you just do what you got to do. And then if you want to turn it on, you could turn it on and you can turn it on better than any 20 or 30 year old because you know more. So if you want to turn that dial up, oh, my God, look out. We know a lot more. <laughs> exactly. And I think the fuck it factor also has to do with the gratitude factor. My gratitude for just having hot water tonight to take a shower, you know, the, the pipe burst. I'm lucky I get to take a shower. And that shower yeah. gives me the ability when other crap happens. I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. Yep. Yep. And listen, you know, I have gone through like shit tons of crazy. And I look at all of it, none of it as a mistake. Lessons, strength, empowerment. Wow. I wouldn't have done that in my 20s or 30s. But in my 40s and now going into 50, I'm like, I'm so glad I did all of those things because I see clearer now. I know what I want and what I don't want, what I'll put up with and what I won't put up with. Do you find that that's happened to you as well? That's why you're on the show, because you are a fellow bootstrap bitch. Girl. <laughs> which is a person who at the very lowest of low has to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and get on with That's it right. and hopefully do so with some grace and dignity. Yeah. Three years ago, I was essentially homeless. People don't know that. I came from an amazing family, but we didn't have a lot of money. I never went to college. I was lucky enough to know what I wanted to do at a young age. I had ambition and drive, so I made it happen. I built this fantastic thing and about the what not to wear peak, I got married to a wrong person, cheated on me with just about everyone he can get his hands on. I divorced him. He took me for half and he got it because that's New York law. So what did I do? I gave him half because I wanted to be done with it. Be done. Spent most of my time being single for about four years, then got into an abusive relationship how the hell that happened when people look at women that are like so strong and got their shit together, how you can get sucked into an abusive relationship. That's, that's a whole nother conversation, but it happens. How did you? And then there's this, because they're dynamic, they're dynamic and they, they know exactly how to pull you in. Now at this point I got sucked in and then lost everything. What not to wear ended 
my business because I had a, a beauty uh, business that I was doing a licensing deal with ended. It all came to a screeching halt. And now I was with this man and that's what he was really excited about because now he could control. It got to a point where I was like so miserable, had nothing. You get into that self-pity party of, look, I had all of this. What happened? You could tell that story or you can change your narrative. I started to feel like I got to change the narrative, but I'm, I'm literally at the bottom, lost everything. And now this man is pulling the puppet strings because he's financially taking care of everything. How do I get out? So it was girls, my sisterhood. They came and said, listen, I had one girlfriend who had an apartment that was empty. I had another girlfriend. She was going to go do a TV show in LA for four months. She goes sleep in my spare room. And I was able to escape with nothing. I had friends come with a U-Haul when this person was out of the house. I left every stick of furniture. I just took my favorite belongings and my clothes and left. And for seven months, slept on other people's couches Luckily for me, met an amazing business partner who I'm still business partners with today. We formed a vision for Carmody Beauty and what that next chapter was. I lived on shoestring, sold everything I could and started from scratch. All of a sudden, I was starting from scratch in my 40s and it felt amazing. It felt free. It felt better than before because I had gone through the fire and in the fire that didn't feel good. There was nothing about feeling good in the fire, but what felt good was the Phoenix rising part. I felt stronger, more powerful, more positive, more focused. And the people that came around me were the shiny, happy people because I said, you know what? I'm not dealing with anything negative anymore and I'm going to get rid of all this. And so that is how I came into the current Carmody beauty phase of my life and where I'm at now. But if it wasn't for the bad divorce, if it wasn't for an abusive relationship, I wouldn't be as confident, happy, strong, positive, and on my way. So even if you're in the thick of it, just know the beauty is on the other side and get through it. From your mother's quote, beauty comes from not how you look, but how you feel about yourself. Yes. To what not to wear. If you didn't come from where you come from and you didn't do what not to wear, where you saw the magic that you could do with people in transforming yep. them inside and outside, you would have never yep. been able to create the five minute beauty. No. And I, I, I would have never been able to get out of that horrible relationship, that, that abusive relationship. One of the most important things I think that women don't talk about is you have to forgive yourself for being in it. That's what I struggled with the most. It wasn't, once I got out of it, I was like, Phew, thank God I'm out of it. But I struggled most with blaming myself for getting in it in the first place. And we have to forgive ourselves for doing that because we're just human. And there was a lot, a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of bait on the hook. And this person, you have to also forgive them because they're broken. They're broken and they have their own journey and that's not your fault either. And it's not your fate to have to fix that. So when you leave, you also have to forgive, which is tough because you blame yourself for being in it. Then you blame them for being, you got to get rid of all of that and just be like, that was a chapter. And I learned a lot, forgive and let go. You don't have to forget. 
you can forgive so it doesn't haunt you, it doesn't hang on your shoulders like a 10-pound weight, and just move on. Which takes us to number four of your tools, which is to celebrate. Yeah. This is the fun part because that's what you're doing now. You have this grit and this candor, but yet an intense vulnerability and sensitivity at the same time. Listen, vulnerability is the strongest thing that you can possess. You have to be vulnerable. If you're not vulnerable, you're not actually seeing the truth. That's right. And it's, it's scary, but it's the most important thing you can do is be vulnerable. And also, I, you know, I don't know if you believe in astrology or not. I'm a triple Aries. I'm fire, fire, fire. But I don't like to ask for help. And sometimes asking for help is okay. And it's amazing and beautiful because people will show up for you. The right people will show up for you. And it's okay to ask for that. I think so. My, my girlfriend came over and I knew that she was in a hard spot and I was in a hard spot. I hadn't worked in a bit and my husband and I were struggling a little bit, but I had kept my per diem from, yeah, from my shows. I have a little tiny blue change purse and I, would just keep my per diem. So I had $300 in cash. So when I went to hug her, I shoved it in her bra. You take booby money. Because my grandmother gave me money out of her brassiere. I love, I call it. (laughs) My grandmother used to put a quarter just in case I needed to call in my bra. Exactly, right? So I I call it booby money. So I think we should spread booby money to, you know. to. I think that's fantastic. Who are sisters (laughs) who need, you grab them, you grab their boob, you shove $300 bills. I love it. And then about maybe I would say six months ago, I look at my Venmo and there's booby money. Yeah. Back to me. Oh my God. I love it. But, but that is what's amazing is that you open that door and it comes back to you. That takes us to the last of, yep. of my achieving soul beauty. Yep. I call it contagious, contagious compliments, but we can also contagious in, in a happy way, not in the That's traditional right. last year and a half way. <laughs> basically karma it's it, what, what comes back to you giving giving a compliment giving booby money giving booby money. giving that support giving the ear just a listen just a listen let somebody have a fucking mental breakdown without having to try to fix it just let them break down i can't tell you how many times i have had crazy mental breakdowns. And my friends are still my friends to this day because they know it's temporary, but it needs to get out of you. You have to let it out. If you don't let it out, it just stagnates and turns into disease. You have to get crazy sometimes. You have to let it out. You have to talk about it, scream about it, cry about it. And then your girls show up with booby money. I love it. And I also love when you talk about if you see somebody, I do this all the time. Like, I love your glasses. Where did you get those glasses? I could be at Ralph's. I could be at Gelson's. And if there's a woman That's with right. like, her ass looks fantastic in those jeans, I'm like, girl, your yeah. ass is on fire in those yes. jeans. You see this whole transformation. This is like the word of, of this episode. This smile. And then she feels yeah. better. And you feel better. And That's right. I, I remember my daughter's have asked me before, like, why do you know everybody's name at the grocery store? Why are you always telling somebody hi or smiling at somebody? And I said, honeys, you don't know what people are coming from or what they're going to. So if my smile and my kind word is the only thing they get all day, then let them have that. It's powerful. 
It is more powerful than you realize. That's why the fifth thing, contagious compliments. If you see something, say something. But I see that. I've always had like the Carmody vision where I can see beauty in everyone. Even the most unconventionally attractive person, I will see the beauty as an artist. I see the beauty pop out and that's what I want to compliment. Again, you don't know the day that they've had. You don't know what's going on at home. But when you say it truly with intention and love, it makes them, it makes them feel amazing. I remember one time years ago, walking down the street in New York City and I had just chopped all my hair off into a pixie cut like a bad pixie guy. And I remember feeling so bad and I walked by and there was a homeless guy on the street. I'll never forget it. And he's like, your hair looks good, mama. And I will never forget it because I was feeling so bad that I cut all my hair off into this crazy pixie cut. But that homeless guy, I remember to this day, he made me feel good. And that is why contagious compliments are so important. You don't know what's going on in that person's life, but by seeing it, say it. I mean, today I, I had a PT, I herniated disc in my neck. I was uh, my physical therapist and there was this girl with a butt. You couldn't believe. I'm like, nice ass. <laughs> you don't know. It, it was true. I was like, wow. But when you say it, it, it makes you feel good. It makes them feel good. It makes everybody feel good. We need to do more of that. That's one of the reasons why I hate, you know, certain websites where it's all about like, see the celebrity with no makeup or look at the celebrity cellulite. That's just adult bullying. I think that's bullshit and I don't like it. And I don't, I don't play that game. And I, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to see it much better to compliment somebody on what they're doing. That's amazing. than sit there and just talk shit. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's where I think Carmody beauty comes in. If I don't feel good about myself, it doesn't matter yeah. how many layers of makeup I put on. Yep. And what you do when people are in your chair, because I've watched the videos and I'm going to buy this whole system because I've got three kids. So for me to get ready in the morning is I it's just be fast. Yeah. I, it's like the five minute makeup should be if I go to the grocery store, I run into my ex-boyfriend so that he doesn't <laughs> walk away going, God, I dodged a bullet. What happened to her? This, <laughs> this is the five minute makeup. But what I love is that when you have these women in your chair, you are complimenting them. You're talking to them about their beauty and you're doing yeah. it effortlessly and honestly. And the makeup so I see it. is numbered so that you can't make a mistake. No, you it's can't screw it up. Universal for every skin tone. Yep, that's right. What, what a gift. And so you're giving women this gift of every morning. It takes five minutes while their coffee's brewing and their kids are eating, you know, in my case, Frosted Flakes. I get those five <laughs> minutes to get myself together. There's a scientific study behind that. When I was writing my first book, The Five Minute Phase, you know, I had been a makeup artist for so long and there were certain colors that I chose and that's how I chose the universal shades. But I wanted to understand what beauty really was. And so... I read this case study about scientists and they said, when is a woman at her most beautiful? And of course, looking back through history, standards change. But the one common thread going back to caveman days was a woman's at her most beautiful, no matter what she looks like, when she's at her most fertile. What does that mean? It broke down to five things. Her skin glowed. 
So I created the Carmenizing highlighter to highlight the face, to bring back that radiance. Her eyes captured attention because she was trying to get her suitor. So I created the eyeliner and the mascara to make the eyes flirty without changing shape. That's just enhancing what's there. Her cheeks flushed on a cellular level because she was blushing. That is like something that happens with human beings. So I created a blush that would actually mimic a flush. And then her lips getting gorged with blood because she wants to make out. She's excited. So I wanted that to be a lip tone that was as natural as possible. So creating those five products, it doesn't matter if you're 80, 18, any in between, all that does is enhance what you already have. So there's a lot of makeup companies out there that are talking about five minute this, five minute that. This is actually scientifically proven. And it, it was hard for me. That one of the reasons why I'm not like the Bobby Brown right now and like where or the Mac or the, the Glossier is because I'm not selling you bullshit. I'm selling you scientific research, 30 years of experience, colors that work on everyone. I'm not going to tap an influencer. I'm honest. I'm authentic. And if it takes a little longer, grassroots style, so be it. I'm happy because that's what I want to give to people. That's right. You are not the Bobby Brown now. You are the Carmendy now, and you're going to be the Carmendy for years to come. That's what that's my hope. When I'm long and dead, I want that name to stand for women celebrating who they are uniquely and using makeup as a tool of empowerment. Thank you so much, Carmendy, for coming on, for sharing your story, for being the bootstrap bitch that you are. Girl. And for having the vulnerability to share with us, because only through sharing can we learn and through That's learning right. can, we, can we lift each other up. That's right. We're sisters forever. <laughs>